If I Ran the Bank is a podcast hosted by Clayton Weir, co-founder and head of product and strategy at Fispan, a fintech that is enabling banks to provide contextualized, consumer-like experiences to their business clients. Clayton is a thought leader in financial innovation and hits on the hottest topics in banking, finance, and the future of payments. And he wants to know, if you ran the bank, what's the one thing you'd go all in on? Please tune in to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now, here's your host, Clayton Weir. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of If I Ran the Bank. As always, I'm your host, Clayton Weir. And today, my guest is uh, Verna Grace Chow, who um, is the, I guess, the executive vice president of treasury management at City National Bank, um, affectionately known internally as, as VG. I don't know if it's affectionately or if that's a, in reverence as VG, but we can leave that for another day. Um, and unlike a lot of guests we have, I guess um, Verna Grace actually does run a really material part of, of a bank. Um, but more importantly than that, I think it's a very different kind of a bank. And so it's a, a group I've gotten to know a little bit over the past few years who do things very differently in a couple of ways, both when it comes to sort of their their technology um, strategy and I think the the depth or the, you know, the sort of materiality behind their vertical focus on, on some of their key verticals. So um, those are a couple of things that I really wanted to have VG on to talk about today. And I know um, I just called you out as running the bank, but you don't necessarily identify as a, a banker, right? You're a career technologist who's experiencing banking at the moment, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, Clayton. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you and and with the audience. Um, but yeah, that's I think that's one of the biggest. Uh, maybe that's why I, I I fit in this in the topic is you know if I ran the bank because my background is uh, in technology and what I always like to say is is really integrated solutions. Um, so we don't just think about the product, but really the the servicing around it, as well as ultimately the client experience and what are they trying to accomplish. So kind of reaching in, I always like to say, into that client's workflow um, and thinking about that's the background that, that I bring. I'm not um, a, a steeped treasury professional, but I do have great a great team with thousands of years of experience in treasury. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to beat thousands of years of experience. So, I mean, obviously, you know, CMB has, you know, a, a pretty distinct regional foot, footprint. Like not everybody will necessarily be familiar with the bank. Do you want to just set a little bit of context about like, like who you are and, and what you all focus on? Sure. Yeah. So City National Bank is um, uh, based in Los Angeles. Um, we really grew up in the inter- serving the entertainment industry, um, as well as deep in uh, commercial real estate and development. Um, we uh, really do focus in the major metropolitan areas, um, as well as the key entertainment um, areas as well. So we're in um, uh, all up and down California, uh, in New York. Um, we're also in Nashville and Atlanta. So music and film and television production. Um, and then we are growing in areas like Miami and Washington, D.C. Um, as well. So that's kind of our footprint. And uh, like I said, we've we've really focused around key vertical industries um, as well as um, on the on the personal side, you know, servicing kind of high net worth, ultra high net worth kind of clients. No, it totally makes sense. So a, a parallel that people might be familiar with something like what? First Republic might do around like venture capital, high net worth kind of tech ecosystem. It's sort of the personal side, the operational side of those businesses sort of built around that, that platform. Exactly. Yeah. 
Awesome. And, and so, I mean, I, I sort of, you know, just kind of jumping into it when I asked you, uh, <laughs> what would you do if you ran the bank offline? You said, well, I'd run it a lot more like a technology company. And, and I think I said something like, well, I, I think that that's maybe the most misinterpreted piece of advice that the banks have ever heard. And I'd love for uh, you to explain what, what that means to you. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, so, so when I say run it like a technology company, it kind of goes back to my original statement, which is really thinking about the the ultimate outcomes and the end to end process that our clients are trying to achieve. Um, thinking about um, aligning long term um, all of our talent around those outcomes as well. I think a lot of banks. You know, do shared services when they're trying to deliver their capabilities. And what we've done is really aligned around what I would say a product set. And that really is the end-to-end working capital treasury management um, capabilities. What we've also done is thought about it from an ecosystem perspective. Um, and within that ecosystem, what are the parts that you know we really need to own and drive both for differentiation and innovation? But also, which are the parts of the ecosystem that we want to partner with? Um, and, and, and what does that mean when we are really delivering, um, you know, an, a, a capability uh, to, to our clients? Does, you know, how, how is that done in a servicing model and how is, how is that ultimately done to achieve, to achieve the outcomes? So um, that's, that's at, a, at a high level, the framework for how we, you know, how we think about it and how we're structured maybe slightly differently. Um, and then very much, I know it's trendy to say, but really adopting the technology um, uh, methodologies around truly being agile, um, you know, being willing to um, adjust, you know, our backlogs based on our clients' feedback, um, being laser focused on innovating beside our clients and, and, and ensuring that we're responsive to that. Um, as well, you know, all doing that within the framework of a regulated <laughs> uh, entity. Um, but there are ways to do that. And, and that's, that's sort of the way the approach that we've taken. So you said something earlier about like the overall problem being around solving kind of end to end working capital, right, for, for a business. And, and I think that that's universally true. I, I think it's fair to say that uh, a vertical strategy in banking historically maybe was a euphemism for something like having relationship managers that have insight and experience into what your working capital cycle is like and what's weird about, you know, are unique or idiosyncratic to your industry and the, the, the supply chain and all that. And then allowing you to solve it with horizontal, the same horizontal products that everybody else gets. And I think what you're trying to do is something uh, beyond that or, or more evolved over that model. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. You start with the uh, professionals that manage working capital, right? All of the, all of the finance professionals, but you start getting into some of these deep vertical industries um, like the talent management and in entertainment, which has its own very, very unique requirements. Or you look at, you know, areas like title and escrow that have unique volumes and processes and flows um, and that's where you can truly get vertical because there are pain points within their working capital cycle that are not what I would call an SMB, right? Just sort of a small business need. Um, they, they have these really real deep inefficiencies that you can actually laser focus and target 
Um, and, and they can, you know, they can truly transform the operational leverage that your clients get, um, or the, or, or the liquidity leverage or, you know, all of the different components of, of working capital. And that's what we've done, um, entertainment for the last, honestly, the last 35, 40 years, but really for the last 10 to 15 years being technology led to target those. What we, what we originally did was, um, was targeted with servicing, right? With people, with bodies, uh, but the last 10 to 12 years, um, you know, we've really tried to take w- an approach where, you know, how do we solve that with with technology? No, it t- totally makes sense. And you said something else interesting there about um, size of the business not necessarily being um, predictive of their complexity, right? Or the pain points. And I think it's really interesting because I, 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 you know, biz- you know, business banking, if we think of the broadest of all the businesses, the bank serves, there's, there's like these 18 different segments of, you know, small is different than SME is different than business banking is different than commercial is different than treasury, but, and, and some arbitrary, like often revenue amounts, right. That are, uh, there's, you know, vertical is probably, as we talked about a different, a better measure of the cadence and complexity of, of working capital, but there's probably other dimensions of, complexity that that are not direct not linearly aligned to size absolutely it's kind of funny we recently um were working on a project with some folks that had come to the bank um, in the last few years and and you know weren't weren't as deeply involved in some of our verticals and we were you know we were kind of having, having a debate about the solution and they were really bringing this you know revenue and employee size to what we were doing and when we truly looked at the data you know, we showed that some of our smallest clients had the largest complexities, but also some of the largest value for the bank. Um, and so we literally, we had to get into the data and look at aggregate at their activities. Um, and sometimes it's like an entertainment where you have centers, um, you know, you, you have um, accountants and business managers that are, that are really um, aggregating and that volume, there's complexity in that volume. Um, but down at the account or the client level, they're very small clients, right? And so that's where you sort of get that the 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 the, the two dimensions kind of inter- intersecting in is an example in one one of our verticals. And if you solve you know, if you solve for the aggregation only, you miss the fact that behind that aggregation are individuals or smaller entities that you know that that require they're down the funnel, right? And so you can't think of it just as solving one piece because it's very dependent. On the other piece, and that I think that's where, to your point, you get to that vertical piece. That's what it means to be verticalized. No, it totally makes sense. So um, you said over the last twelve years, you know, obviously, you know, you've, you've started to solve these problems more and more through actual, you know, dedicated technology solutions. I think I was going to use the, the word "weird" came to mind. That sounds like a, a, a pejorative <laughs> word, but a very idiosyncratic aspect of CMB is that you guys have you know, in addition to whatever proprietary sort of technology channels that you would normally have as a treasury management organization, you have sort of at least three that I'm aware of distinct kind of operating businesses, right? That are software companies or, you know, fintechs all their own that are aligned around this vertical. Can you maybe, you know, give us a Cole's notes about those, those three businesses and, and kind of what, you know, what they do and, and what they do for clients and how they sort of fit into the broader bank? Sure. Yeah. We, um, we call them our entertainment payment ecosystem. So that's kind of their strategic purpose. Um, and we started, um, uh, 10 to 12 years ago with our first acquisition, which was data faction, a specialized uh, accounting software. And so that's really when you start thinking about, you know, the, 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 the treasury professionals or 
the accountants that are managing the day-to-day finances, they have a bank account, but they also have the ledger. And we start to realize that you have to think about them as an integrated approach. And we did this. This is before my time, other people uh, driving the strategy. And we integrated those very, very early on. And that was really to target the end talent um, of the of, of our entertainment uh, segment. Um, what we realized, though, was that the payments coming through the bank were coming through another piece of the industry, which was the um, uh, the um, uh, um, the uh, the SAG-AFTRA and all of the uh, I'm blanking on the um, um, the guilds, the guilds. That's where it comes from. Right. And and all of a sudden, the problem there was we were seeing, you know, two, you know, 20 cent checks you know, and 20 of them being sent. So there was this huge need to kind of focus on that piece and how could we drive efficiencies because ultimately the deposits were coming into the bank and then being fed into our accounting platform, right? So you can see the second pillar. So we acquired a company, we'd invested early in a company called Exactuals that really drives efficiencies around around that. Uh, but then you go further upstream in the entertainment industry, it really all starts with the contracts, right? With, for film and for TV um, and for music, some of the rights. And so what we've also built out and acquired uh, through our film track is um, a ledger really that goes upstream to all of the participations because that's what flows from there are truly all the payments. And now we've integrated them through um, our API uh, platform, EasyLink, which enables the payment flows, but more importantly, the data flows, right? It doesn't, the payments were flowing no matter what, but what was really valuable was how it was, how does that data get passed across all of those? And so that's the ecosystem that we built, but always focusing, focusing on the flows because we see that, but also the the user for film track is different than the user of Agilink and Data Faction. And what you, so you have to really design and build for those users, which is why it's really valuable to have those distinct entities and measured against the satisfaction of those client sets. But in aggregate, the value is is really providing to the industry. And then ultimately, it truly actually is operationally efficient for the bank to solve some of these manual paper-based, highly intensive, um, uh, duplicative, double-entry type of processes. So there's a benefit to the bank in the long term too by, by this being an industry that we're committed to. So I don't know, that wasn't a cliff notes, but <laughs> hopefully it gave you a sense of how we think about it, both from the client and the endpoint and, and being participants in an industry in a vertical, but also the benefit to the bank, why the bank does this. Yeah, no, um, I, I think it's such an, I mean, it's interesting in a lot of ways, but I think it's so interesting because I, I mean, on the surface, I guess I, I never really thought about how that industry worked, right? And and you might argue amongst the dimensions you're talking about, maybe it's as complex of an industry as there is, right? In terms of the value chain and the way that money flows through throughout it, right? And it's it's multi-dimensional. Um, you know, because there's this, you know, there's this kind of all these like multi-direction licensing kind of things and all these kind of agency sort of elements of the value chain. And then there's like this massive sort of gig economy type aspect to it, right? Where there's this extremely long tail of really, you know, small, uh, you know, parts of the the value chain, right. That all need to get paid. So the, the cost of administration, like the, the cost of kind of managing those information flows must be just absolutely immense. Yeah. And I think that it, that's the efficiency that we've been trying to solve as a, um, as a member of that community, like we see City National Bank sees itself as part of the entertainment community and, and focusing on servicing kind of those needs. But yeah, those, those are major inefficiencies and, um, uh, and even just basic 
duplication, right? You start thinking about data and information has to be in so many different places. Is there's a way for us to per, you know, provide those channels where it flows. Um, that's just in and of itself, a huge, a huge value. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and you had mentioned offline to me that, so, so obviously those, those sort of tools were, were purpose built, um, to this idea of the, the value chain kind of an entertainment and, and, and different problems along the way. But I think over time you've come to realize that there's, um, you know, because they're really just solving these kind of core problems, uh, you know, kind of patterns of a business operation that you're starting to find these other vertical niches where effectively the same tool set is equally relevant because there's enough, the, the, the problem set rhymes or the jobs to be done kind of rhyme with what the entertainment industry, you know, what you've been working on solving for. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, there are, that's the interesting part is the adjacent markets for each of these, of these companies that we own. So data faction fits very nicely, uh, into the family office space because a lot of these business management firms are multifamily offices. If you sort of took a couple steps back, um, but it's not a perfect fit. So what we've done is said, hey, what are the requirements for family office? How is that different? And we've identified those and we've added, you know, a, a new module that, 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 that might not be relevant to the entertainment um, business management firm, but 100% of the platform plus this additional piece um, gets us into that market in a very differentiated way. And then again, we wrap our service model around it. And when you have differentiated technology, a servicing model and a knowledge base that can um you know, can, can, can really serve that client, you really have a, 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 de- a defensible market position. Exactual, similarly, you know, they aggregate payments. Um, you know, the insurance broker market has some similarities. Again, looking at adding one or two things to that to be able to kind of go into that market. And then film track, um, at the end of the day, is really managing uh, intellectual property rights. And we, there's, there's, there's several adjacent industries where intellectual property rights management needs to be digitized, has a lot of the similar challenges. And so, um, you know, you start to see how solving something one place, it does, it's not, it's not usually a lift and just throw it in. Um, it's not that easy. Um, but, you know, when you have a center of gravity of a capability, um, adding those requirements. And then, like I said, always wrapping that servicing model around it, which is truly what we're known for. Um, and a lot of times that, you know, those three, those three pieces, um, give you a beachhead into, into some, some new verticals. So, so you hinted, I guess, at, at some of the operational aspects of this earlier, like about, about trying to have agility to do this, but do you want to maybe unpack that further? Like other things that you think are unique about the way you're structured or the way you operate that allow you to kind of have these, you know, software properties that are relatively agile and, you know, relatively responsive to, uh, um, the market, you know, the market's needs and, and, and how they change over time. I'd say the main thing that empowers and enables us is that, you know, our DNA, our values are really, we like to say we're, we're, we're client obsessed. And, and so from our CEO down, solving our clients' problems is a virtue in, in our, in our bank. And that's where, that's where it all flows from. Um, and so, so that's where it starts, but I would say operationally, um, uh, um, you know, really focusing on, uh, the vertical and, and being, I think I said this earlier, so I hate to repeat myself, but, you know, really being agile and, 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 and being willing to have, you know, our 18 month roadmaps, um, but when we understand something's a priority for a client, you know, being willing to groom that in sooner 
and not waiting. And I think that that's really important when you are so verticalized, you know, clients, you know, you say, well, that's, you know, that's on our roadmap two, three years out. Um, they're your biggest clients, or maybe you're not even your biggest, but some of your most innovative clients, they, they are the sentinels. You have to be able to, to adapt to that. And you can't do that if you, you know, if you have to spin up a project every time and you have to go through a full business case every single time, you know, when, when, when we think about the value we add to the business, you know, we really can focus on our OKRs, you know, we can focus on things that are, um, that, that are, that are more macro, um, and that's, again, I've only know this bank, but my understanding is that the traditional approach in the industry is kind of business case, get a team. And that team might've just come off doing loan work or just come off doing an internal collaboration portal. So they don't, they don't really live and breathe the pain or the challenge or the, you know, the, 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 the amazing uniqueness of what that client does. And that's what we do have these dedicated teams, um, you know, are steeped in, in, in the, in the end client. Um, they don't have to be told what the client is trying to accomplish. Um, they're aligned to it. So I don't know, I, I bounced around there, but those are, you know, those are kind of the thing, the, the approach that we're taking. Again, I don't, I don't know exactly how unique that is. Cause like I said, this is the only bank that I've been a part of. No, I think it, I, I, from my perspective, I think it's somewhat unique. And I think that, I mean, obviously it's a tough call, right? Like there's it, it, it's sort of always a pendulum, I think, between like centralizing some of those support functions, you know, bank wide and it's a synergy case that way. And then decentralizing it back to have like continued bank context. Right. So it's, um, but obviously I can't, can't imagine doing what, what you are all trying to do every day without, without the model that you have behind it that way. On that note, I mean, what, you know, talking about, I guess, you know, what's unique or not unique, like it, it does just, just, you know, strike me as the bank's approach is, is quite unique. And you would think that like kind of all of your classical sort of economics and Harvard Business Review sort of literature would predict that if you were, you know, a, a relatively small financial institution in the big, you know, scheme of things relative to what your, you know, your now parent is or what the money center banks in the US are, that like, this is what you would do, right? You would hammer a, a niche of, you know, in this case, it's kind of a unique geographic and, um, you know, verticalized moat that, that you all have. And it just, it doesn't, doesn't seem to be um, a common model, right? There just aren't a lot of banks like this that, that are so um, focused. Do you have a thought as to why that's hard to do or un, unappealing to do for other institutions? Um, it's a really, really good question. I'll just sort of pontificate a little bit. It's just my opinion. Um, I, I, and I, you know, now I'm, I get, I'm being repetitive. I do think it comes down to your mission and your values. Right. And if you, you know, if you, if you say that you're client focused and client obsessed, but then you're trying to be the everything to everyone, those come into conflict and contention. Right. And so by being able to focus you know, on, you know, even within some of our businesses that are not maybe industry focused, we do have a very specific segment focus, right? So our, our personal banking is not a retail banking, right? So we focus on a certain set and really try to solve their problems. And I, I think that it's a, it's a strat, it's literally a strategy, but sometimes, you know, we always know culture eats strategy for breakfast, as they say. And, and, and that's probably at play on why, this is not maybe a model that is that is more uh, proliferated across the U.S. banking um, space, uh, but it really does start with if you're if you're going to be true to your values of client obsessed, then you have to do it because 
you can't say it. And then when the client says, this is my pain point, you're like, okay, well, we'll get to that in two years. Um, you know, good luck with that kind of thing. Um, you really have to be responsive. Um, and then it is a virtuous circle where once you build that trust and you d- deliver that thing that solves their pain, they're actually more open with you. They're more open with you on their next pain point that they want you to solve. Sometimes, you know, some of them are like, Hey, we're a bank. We can't, <laughs> we can't solve everything. Um, but then also they trust you with more of their business, right? It, it, that's the other side of the virtuous circle. And you sort of mentioned the Harvard business case. That's the, you know, that's the value to the bank is that by, by, by solving their problems, you build that trust, they build more business with you. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's not just a, an innovation path. It's a retention and a client, um, and a client share share kind of path, but uh, you know, I think that you got to talk the talk and walk the walk. It really does come down to you know values and and and, and kind of your strategy. No, it totally makes sense. And, and I mean, as a, as a counterpoint, it sounds like you know if we were around the boardroom at CMB and some opportunity came up, like it if it didn't have the you know the sort of margin or the revenue profile that would allow you to you know, prosecute the opportunity with your high touch, high service model, like it would just be a non-starter, right? You would never try and it would leave that business opportunity to the side, which I think is, I mean, sometimes with mission and vision and those kinds of things, it's, it's more about, it's, yeah, it's more about what it's like stopping you from doing than what it allows you to do as well. Yeah. It literally came up about a month ago, uh, an opportunity came across my desk and it hit a ton of things. It looked like our play, but then it came down to a few things that were not there and the separation from the client. We were, we were, you know, looking, it was kind of an ecosystem play. We're like, no, you know what? Our servicing model, that relationship, that's, that's not something we want to give up on. There was a lot of things that were really exciting about doing it. Um, but ultimately we, you know, we did not move forward with it because it didn't kind of fit those, fit those things. Um, but it, you know, we could have been deluded into thinking because it hit like say three of five, but the other two were actually weighted much more heavy. Um, and it's what we know how to do. I think that's the other thing is, and look, we're not perfect, <laughs> but there, there, there does need the discipline around some of that, you know, is, is really important. No, it is. Um, at, at the start, when you talked about kind of your vision for, you know, acting more like a technology company and, and, and aligning things behind these client needs that you identify to fulfill them. Um, I obviously honed in on the, the, the software properties that you own and operate. I think it's so fascinating, but you also mentioned that, that there's a lot of decisions about build versus buy and like, and, and partners and just kind of triggered my memory when you said ecosystem again here do you, do you want to maybe talk about that so some of the other things you're doing like obviously not everybody in the industry entertainment industry is using your tools right there's other there's other tools there's other ecosystems and other partners can you maybe just walk through some of the stuff you do on that side of the coin that's not not owned and operated by you yeah um well you know part of why i was so thrilled to take this job was that I feel like the the innovation in banking that's happening now and is only accelerating in payments is so exciting. I just think that that, and obviously for, for you and your organization, that's important, but um, that's an area where I think it's really important to make, well, I'll, I'll talk about both sides of my mouth here, to make really good long-term decisions on what you're going to invest and own and what, you know, what's going to, you know, what do, what do you as a bank or fintech, you know, for your audience, uh, need to to sort of plant your flag on, um, and um, and that's where the build by partner decision is really important. But then things are also moving so quickly that you got to kind of place some bets and take some 
you know, you know, make some, you know, do some testing. And that's where, you know, partnerships are just a great opportunity to, to try to do that at a, at a, at a lower risk and a, and a lower cost. And, you know, the ecosystem is pr- tried and true and proven in lots of other industries, but I think in payments, um, more broadly, it's a great, it's a great opportunity to really bring that kind of thinking. Um, you know, as long as we, you have a, a, a strategy on which parts we need to own and which we need to drive. Um, and, um, uh, but then there's just so much innovation out there, uh, that it's, it, you, you know, having the ability to partner, um, or buy, right. We're not afraid to buy, but we're also not interested in, you know, we're very selective about what we do want to buy. Um, so I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I kind of bounced around on that one. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I just was kind of curious your thoughts on, on, on how you make those decisions. I haven't kind of just about said that at the end of my sort of questions that, that I had for you, is there, is, is there any kind of, oh, by the ways from, you know, now that we're having this conversation, what's, you know, is there a question you wished I would have asked you, or is there a, a, another thought that you have on, on all of this to put it in? Um, I think the only thing I would, I would add is, um, and it kind of connects to, again, you know, your business and the, the comments I just made. I just, I, I do think, um, in the topic of your, you know, the, the, the title of your podcast, if I ran a bank, uh, ran the bank, um, I just think it's going to be exciting to see how all of this evolves. And, you know, there's a lot out there on the commoditization of components. But, you know, when when you're aligned to your clients needs, and and you stay focused on that, and you part you build your ecosystem of partners who have a shared vision around that. Um, I do think that that's going to be a very effective model of, of, of probably the many models that are going to evolve over the next, you know, five, five to 10 years. Um, but if you're not thinking that way, you are going to have to pick a different model because I do think the role of the players in the ecosystem, the fintechs, the banks, um, all of the innovation that's coming with the data and the payment rails, um, you, you got to kind of have a frame to, to operate within. So I don't know if that's that's sort of that's my 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 parting shot, but I think that that's an you know that that's what's exciting to me about where we're going and um and and what we can do over the the next five to ten years and you know into perpetuity. But I do think the next five to ten years are going to see some of those models you know really solidify. Um, and I feel good about where we're coming from, but that we can also be agile within those changes that come at us. Yeah, and I meant to mention it earlier, but when you you kind of hit me with the word commodification there, I thought you had you probably had a bit of an interesting um, seat at the table on this, like earlier in your career, right? Because I think you were at both IBM and Dell, like those. I can't think of two more businesses that their main lines like literally went to zero, and yeah. they now exist as completely different businesses doing completely solving completely different problems for the same customer and, you know, in different parts that I think they both adapted well to that change. Absolutely. One of my favorite things to say is I'd rather be the cannibal than the meal. Um, and that, I think that does come from those days in those organizations where, you know, the pace of, of, of change was so swift. And that's why I'm, I think I'm comfortable in the role and the pace of change that's happening, you know, in, in, in the, in, in treasury and working capital overall, but yeah. And the best, the way that those co- the companies did that was by, you know, leveraging their talent, their insight, their partnerships, but also listening to their clients being right there and the, you know, anticip- almost anticipating, um, or, 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 being there right at the moment of inflection. Um, and, and that's something that, that we have to do as well. 
No, to- totally makes sense. And that's probably a great place to leave it. I mean, if I had to sum it up what I heard today, um, you know, the opportunity, I guess, as the bank is to, to, you know, to go the extra mile on, on what big client focus really means, right? And that's understanding true, you know, in a business sense, it's understanding true operational realities and pain points for those businesses and being a material part of the solution, not a, you know, a point part of the solution in, in executing the payment. And I think the better you get at that, the the more outsized your returns, you know, to that relationship and probably financially are going to be for a financial institution, right? And the the more de- defended, I think, from this, you know, kind of commoditization of certain aspects of banking are going to be. So um, I think that's a, a great lens to put on the world. And I, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today to share that with us all. Thanks, Clayton. My pleasure. It's really been fun. Yeah, same, same here. Thanks, Werner Grace. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, As always, you know, please feel free to subscribe. um, Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And never hesitate to send us any questions, comments, or thoughts to uh, info at fivespan.com. See you next time.